welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We're your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. So there's been this mental health story that's been all over the news this <laughs> summer. It's been reported on NPR, BBC, CNN, NBC, the New York Post, Washington Times, US News, and even Teen Vogue. And now on the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. Naturally. So it's a story of four high school students in Oregon who worked to pass one of the first laws in the country that allows students in the state to take excused mental health days as sick days, rather than having those limited for only physical illnesses. We have two guests today. First is Derek Evans, one of the teens who helped champion the law. And then Carly, a social worker who took mental health days as a grade school and high school student. They both join us to give their voices to depression. So for a while, I had known that I was dealing with like a high-functioning anxiety disorder. And then this year, I uh, was diagnosed with mild to moderate depression. And that was one of the first things that came to mind when we started having this conversation about this bill was, wow, this would save a lot of energy. It would make me feel infinitely better. It just gives that little break that every student needs, really. So working with other student leaders and some professional lobbyists who volunteered their time, Derek dove into the deep end of what he plans to study in college, public policy. We all went in, the four of us, and gave our testimonies. Um, we had to do that for the House and the Senate. And the House was remarkable. They were very understanding, very kind, and we had a lot of extra testimonies as well. Um, but then once we got to the Senate, that was a whole different story. Some of the state senators, like some parents, saw or still see mental health days as a setup for Ferris Bueller's days off. But that's certainly not the law's intention. And it wasn't my experience as a parent who provided mental health days for my kids. More on that in a bit. It just went onto Kate Brown's desk after it passed in the House and the Senate, and it got signed, and that was... Whew. It was very refreshing and very good feeling seeing that happen. When considering how mental health sick days could play out, it's important to compare those scenarios to the state's current school attendance and suicide realities. Your absenteeism, I understand, is, is quite high in the nation, one of the worst yeah. in, in your state. I had like, I want to say 70% attendance my senior year. Um, so I obviously didn't help to organs cause of really bad attendance, but a lot of those were mental health days because I was spending so much time working, doing schoolwork, and I just wouldn't have the energy sometimes to stay at school the full day. Is it correct that Oregon has a suicide rate that's 40% higher than the national average? Yeah, it's terrifying, actually. Yeah. Um, 
and it it just shocks the community every single time. And I think the biggest issue with that is our society has become more reactionary to it than anything. They don't want to do anything about it until it's already happened. And that's one of the biggest things about our bill concepts and our end goal is to make sure that we're no longer a reactive society, but we're proactive and avoid these issues and tragedies in the future. Tell me how it might have made a difference for you. When might you have taken one? How might it have helped? I have always kind of been like a go-getter. I Mm -hmm. keep myself busy with three sports activities, stuff like that, and good grades. And it ends up being just a huge burden um, sometimes because you're at school for seven hours, then you have three hours of practice after school, and then multiple hours of homework. And you just kind of become like a monotonous robot at that point. And the times I did take mental health days, it was mostly just literally sitting down and just taking time to recharge my social battery and my battery in general. I know there's a lot of students that will just play video games during theirs because that's their relaxation time. Mm -hmm. And obviously there are kids that just sleep. There's no one way to spend it. However, you need to spend it to feel healthy and feel better. If you're thinking it sounds like the kids were already taking mental health days, why did the law need to be changed? You're not alone. But there is a really good answer. Because students shouldn't have to lie, and neither should we, and say we have a head or stomach ache to be considered legitimately ill. And being able to say, I'm in that dark place and need to take care of myself, or my anxiety is so bad today I wouldn't be able to listen and learn, would completely alter discussions in schools, in families, and in society. And that is how stigma will be lessened. People break their arms and they miss school and then they come back and they can openly talk about what happened. With mental health, you don't have the same support system. The second that you say that you're feeling anxious or a little depressed, most people will shut down and kind of avoid the conversation because it might make them uncomfortable. So giving students the ability to open up about their own mental health and take it into their own hands as if it was a broken arm or a cold I really believe that's going to be a huge step for kind of leveling the playing field with stigma and with recognition of these issues and conditions. So I think it's fascinating you're going to be uh, moving forward with this in college. Where are you going, by the way? Uh, The University of Oregon's Honors College. Uh, I believe the fifth-ranked Honors College in the nation. Wow. So even with all your absences your senior year, it sounds like you did pretty well. Yeah, I (laughs) I still managed my grades and kept, kept trucking along. So now I'm going to share my personal experience with teens and mental health days. I'm not presenting this as what you can expect, just as what my children and I experienced. So in their teens, my kids were also high achieving. I offered them three, I think, mental health days a semester. They never took them all, but when they stayed home, it was because well, as I described it, they needed to let a little air out of their balloons. I did not see it as coddling. I considered it preventive medicine, and it worked for us. Here's my daughter, Carly Catherine. Like that it was a feeling place because you always used to tell us that when your body gets hurt, you go to a body doctor, and that when your feelings get hurt, you go to a feeling doctor. When did you use the days? I don't remember. I mean, it wasn't like every time you had a test or anything. 
No, no, no. I think I used it when I wasn't sleeping well or when there was extra friend stuff going on or maybe extra family stuff going on that just meant that like I couldn't apply it to that. As an adult, I think sometimes I process needing a mental health day is feeling like a very intellectual thing. Like my anxiety is really bad or I'm just feeling overwhelmed or something like that. But if you were to ask me what I am feeling emotionally when I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed, I think I would tell you that I just feel like empty, you know, that I have like nothing left to give, that like the well's dry. And I think to all our surprise, we found our wells filled up pretty quickly once we gave ourselves permission to actually take a much-needed break. I think a lot of mental health days did end up manifesting as just taking the morning off. You know, I think I remember at lunch, by lunchtime being like, okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like not having to set an alarm the night before can actually really reduce your anxiety, which is like, I'm going to wake up when I wake up and then I'll figure it out from there. And I think after 10 hours of sleep, a lot of things get less overwhelming or anxiety provoking or <laughs> feel too hard to handle. I don't think I was allowed to go to after anything after school or extracurricular if I wasn't in school that day. Um, So I don't know if I would have had to miss practice or something like that, but I would not have wanted that to happen because that was another way that I took care of myself. Now, I didn't just enlist Carly for this episode because I gave her life and knew she'd agree. She actually has a very unique perspective to share. And will you just make a brief statement about what you do that qualifies you to have such profound insight? Um. I am the daughter of a podcaster. <laughs> I am uh, the niece of another podcaster. Uh, I am a licensed social worker in New York State who mostly works in public schools along the Eastern Seaboard to support adults in understanding what young people are trying to tell them through their behavior. <laughs> and taking a mental health day is them telling the adults in their life they just need to step away from it for a bit. It's just recognizing that mental health is real and it's a real need for all of us and that being in school is sometimes what your mind and your spirit and your heart need to do in order to become the person you need to be. And sometimes it's as important, if not more important, that you're taking that time to get yourself right so that when you come to school, you're available for learning because our brains work in such a way where we're only available to learn if we feel safe and connected to other people. And so uh, for a lot of young people, and I think probably especially introverted young people or young people who don't feel well represented at school or in the curriculum, they're going to be inclined to take a mental health day to get those needs met outside of school. So as an adult now... And as a social worker who works in schools, what do you think of mental health days for students? And is it any different than what you thought when you were the student taking them? I do think about them differently. Um, I encounter students who come to school the day after something really traumatic happens in their family or something happens to their housing or something like that. And they are nourished by being able to tell their friends and classmates and teachers and get Um, support in in that way. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people who would respond to that same situation, just needing some time to be alone and processing your own thoughts and feelings about it. I do wonder if they'll find that there's a difference between how much 
students use mental health days by class because um, if you don't have childcare during the day, a lot of um, kids from working families or with single working parents or two parents who are working, there might not be anybody at home to watch you. Um, and if you just stay home from school, um, in a lot of states, um, families can be reported for educational neglect if kids miss too many days. So maybe when considering or discussing the option of excused mental health days in your home or state, don't assume that every person taking advantage of them is some slacker taking advantage of you. And it's possible that that day could nourish a student who might already be thriving to really finish out the year strong or to really get their head straight before they have to take the SAT or to really get them reset before reentering the spring semester. Um, and so I think we can also operate from a place of strength, which is that maybe we can trust kids to know how they need to get their mental health needs met and we can just believe them. I bet that that school would actually have better grades at the end of the year if those students had felt like they had permission to take those days off. Man, knowing our limits and honoring them by allowing a pause to recharge is a life skill, man. I couldn't agree more. And I know there will be people who hear this and just, you know, can't believe it, but every system can be gamed. And there, of course, will be some people who do this. But as more states adopt it, I think they will work out some of the kinks. And, you know, by the time it does hopefully become, uh, you know, more nationwide, if not nationwide, that uh, there will be fewer opportunities to do that. And in the meanwhile, as you've modeled, you know, um, we can give our own families and our own selves and our own children permission to do what they have to do to take care of themselves. And as Carly reminded us, you know, to trust them, to know what they need and to cultivate that skill to learn to, to recalibrate themselves as life is sort of hitting at them instead of, you know, when it's too late. I love that you said and ourselves because it isn't obviously just for students or kids. So the group that Derek's a part of was Students for a Healthy Oregon, and since they passed the law, they have contacted student leaders from around the country and formed Students for a Healthy America with the goal of getting this bill passed in more or all states. And there's a second component that they tried to pass this year but didn't that would include uh, health screening, mental health screening in all schools, just like vision and hearing. And the more times you call in for a mental health day – uh, they keep track of that and then connect you with a counselor or a therapist. So in my mind, that was sort of a built-in early detection system, which I thought was kind yeah. of Yeah, cool. and it didn't pass. What oh. a shame. It, it is, but, you know, I don't know how it was written or what, what the objections were, so they will continue mm-hmm. to try. Well, thank you, Derek and Carly, for truly being on the front line for our youth and for fighting for them and encouraging them to fight for themselves. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.